0: Welcome to the Painters Today podcast. For further episodes, please subscribe via Soundcloud, iTunes and Podbean and follow me on Twitter and Instagram at 23carousels. This is episode 13, Ennui Reconfigured, featuring Freya Perdue. Freya Poggi lives and works on the Isle of Wight. She is a member of Contemporary British Painting and studied at St Martin's School of Art from 1978 until 81 and Chelsea School of Art from 1981 until 82. She has exhibited nationally and internationally, including Kettle's Shard in Cambridge, the APT Gallery in London, the National Museum of Gdansk in Poland and various museums in China.
1: Hello Lucy, nice to see you. Nice to see you, nice
0: Nice to see see you. Um, You're preparing for your upcoming show, NUE Refigured, um, and you've almost finished the prep for that, haven't you? Yes,
1: yes. Paintings have been a bit delayed, but um, they're finally just about finished. I'm delighted to say so.
0: And that's a a, a two-person show, uh, you and Maris von
1: Yeah. Yes. Um, Well, the theme of the show... Uh, and we refigured is uh, from a quote by Buchanan um, or not rather a quote an essay by Buchanan on boredom where he talks about the uh, nature of um, digital boredom and uh, ordinary boredom so to speak and, and the relationship of uh, what uh, creativity within that boredom and how, to, how creativity can overcome boredom so, in in that sense, uh, painting becomes a, a kind of radical thing to do because it is uh, stepping out of line with um, what has become established as boredom, basically. Um, yeah.
0: And earlier we were talking about how um, you know people go into museums and galleries now, and they're not a lot of people don't pay attention to um to the paintings or, you know, to, to art and they get bored very quickly. Um they get and I think that's something else that's um it not influenced the show but it, it certainly forms form, forms part of it I think.
1: Yes, I think so. The um the fact that, that people uh these days spend so much time on their mobile phones and the reduction of attention span um comes straight from that uh, court really. Um, and I think reduction of attention span means that people find it difficult to look at something that requires time. Um, and so painting is, in, in, a, in a way, um, that's why painting can be seen today. It's been kind of radical because it is it requires time to look at it. And um, it, if one goes into a gallery and just takes a photograph of something, then in a way that defeats the whole object of the painting. But, um, because, well... As we know, when we go around galleries today, people are doing that all the time. They don't really stop and look at the painting and stop and look at what is in front of them. They're so busy recording it in some way. And then presumably looking at something which is, you know, uh, five foot by four foot or whatever size it is, um, you know, on their mobile phones. Uh, And really then it's only become a light graphic image. And that the whole uh, purpose and uh, power of the painting is lost because the image is reduced so much in size and because of that mm. um so it's a it's a sort of there's a kind of reverie of sadness in 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 that you know um but uh you know, it was just you know Marius and I had discussed that that might be a good idea for a show and and so that's where we started from, really. Mm. And we named the show that and, well, it remains to be seen.
0: Yeah. And that idea of, you know, looking closely at painting and um, and taking your time and figuring things out has played um, quite a large part in your practice, I think, over, mm. over quite a long period of time.
1: Yes. I can't remember who who it was who said that paintings take time and then therefore they take time to look at you know and I can't remember who said that but anyway it was it was one of those things that's quite striking really um it, it's an important thing I mean I, I think the the nature of art making can be anything anybody wants it to be really and uh the tradition of painting um has kind of slipped to the to one side in a way um during the sort of uprising of of the the use of digital media and stuff, and and in a sense quite rightly because of uh, the nature of something new coming forward but uh, when things begin to settle and the ground begins to settle so to speak you do get things then start to appear in their own uh, with their own levels and and qualities and um, you know painting is something that is is, has been much more coming to the fore of, of recent times. And I think that's exciting, and there's a lot of interesting, exciting painting going on.
0: Hmm. I don't think it really died, to be honest. I mean, there's that whole thing of painting died and all that, but I but I really don't think it did. I mean, I think it fell out of favour, and there were some artists that were quite punky, I suppose, and, and just wanted to do what they wanted to do. Um, but I don't think it ever died, and, and I think it is more... It, it is... Um, more important than ever, I think, in in the
1: digital age. Well, I mean, it it's, it stands still, you mm, know, whereas yeah. everything else is moving, and that, yeah. that's its its value, um, among other things. Um, but I, I, I mean, I agree with you, of course. In from from that point of view, it, you know, that in the longitude of time, there will be no blip. You know, when <laughs> when uh, I can't remember who said that, but um, anyway. Um, you know that the painting could couldn't ever really die. Mm-hmm. Um, I think today, you know, what, what's coming out, what's appearing, is both very interesting and challenging. You know, in terms of painting, perhaps interesting is the wrong word. It's one of those words that you hope that never is, is never said about your work. Mm. You know, um, but I, th- I think it, you know there there are still millions of challenges to making painting. And I think that to me, that is absolutely never ending, mm. you know, because mm. there are as many uh, paintings as minutes, you know, or whatever.
0: Mm. And so, and, it's I, and I think that the exhibition that you've got coming up is mm. is definitely relevant. I mean, I know the digital age has been talked about, um, you know, to death, maybe, but but I think that that idea of um, you know of Boredom, especially in, in the modern age, to do with everything from consu- from actually con- consuming and buying things to to being overwhelmed by information is you know mm. is very topical at the
1: moment. I th- well yes, sure, and I think yeah. it it is all about um, diverting attention away from you know asking the per- perennial questions. Really, you know, people don't want to look and confront themselves other than what they look like and uh, they don't want you know it's a very strange time I think but you know that's mm. uh, that's just the nature of uh, the cycles of time mm, isn't it yeah. things come and go mm. um, and at a certain point you know things will go to go to the navier of um, of thought in a way and then they come back up again and somebody comes up with a new idea and things change and I mean it, it, it is really relatively swift this this change in um in a way, a change in human behaviour. Mm. I mean, it really, it, it, you, people didn't really start to have um, efficient mobile phones uh, that do the things they do. Um, you know, it's, that's only been there for about fifteen years,
0: probably less. Yeah. I would say, yeah, probably, maybe less, pr- probably ten. You mm. know, maybe more. I mean, I remember having a BlackBerry phone in two thousand and ten, and you could take photos, but now, now the resolution on on the photographs and quality is just it's just incredible really yeah. you know it's it's so clear and and you can record and also the the amount of data as well that you can save on mobile
1: phones it's completely kind of. mind-blowing, yeah. really and it and that's the wonderful thing about it in yeah. in a way isn't it in, that, in, in a way that, yeah. that the positive effects of of using these things mm. um and having that those things available to us um has transformed our our lives in a way and mm. and i think as as a, you know as a as a painter, it used to be for me such a difficult problem, getting canvas together and stretches together and buying paint and you know all of these yeah. things took such a long time. And now we just sit down and we look and, you the, or, yeah, and you can yeah you can order it and it's there within two days. You know? <laughs> yeah. And not yeah. only that, you can buy relatively good stretches and you know things that are already dealt with. Mm. you know? So. Mm it's amazing. It makes it makes yeah. it uh making art much more available to everyone. Mm-hmm. And that's what's exciting. Mm-hmm.
0: And how has your your practice um has your practice shifted in any way? I should, just, should I should just, just say that me and Freya curated a show together um color a kind of bliss a couple of years ago and Freya showed two paintings in that show. Um and I was just wondering if your practice had changed since since then or shifted in any way?
1: Well, it's difficult to say that uh, that, that it, in the sort of evolution of one's work within such a short period of time that there would be massive and radical changes. Um, there have been points in my painting career when there have been big radical changes. Um, but uh, at the moment, uh, and now I think I'm quite settled in a way, <laughs> in the way that I go about making work. So um, I have a few sort of constant themes which are going on, um, although, you know, the translation of those themes in a way um, can end up looking like anything, you know. So I feel, although, of course, I have my own language which I've developed and that and thing and uh, um, hidden rules, I suppose, which I stick, which I do necessarily stick within but I they they are the bound of the work in a way and that's to do with my the way that I think the way that I like to make color how, use color how I want to you know the, those sorts of things which um, in a way describe your individual practice uh, when when you look at the work it's um, every painting is radically different from another mm. you know? so one might be um, you know look like, look like a drawing. Um, or or one may uh look like very he- be heavily painted very painterly one may be just very uh, sparsely rubbed with paint you know so so the variety that i feel now um in at this point in my career that i am um, i have all this facility all this facility available to me so i can use anything i want to make a painting and um and you know i do so the paintings that I had for the color bliss show. Uh, I mean, color is one of the most important things in in making paintings for me because it's the most ultimately is the most difficult thing to use. Um, and uh, the paintings. I'm. It's almost as if um, I'm always looking for the sort of sublime, uh, peaceful, <laughs> ultimately mm. peaceful painting. Mm. I, it's funny. I, I think about the. Works of uh, I think about a work particularly of of Chereze Hosere where she made this this blue painting and, and it was it was just blue <laughs> and I remember thinking God you know that is so wonderful um, and I guess the uh, paintings of um, Bryce Martin you know that that were in the Gagosian last year um, they they were just so sublime you know and in a way I you know that I aspire to. I don't want to make a painting that looks like that you know but on the other hand I I aspire to have that kind of um, energy and peace in something which um, is indescribably uh, comes out of a kind of uh, the depths of a human experience in Mm. a way Mm. Um, and, and if a painter achieves that you know to me that's a real major achievement you know if you can speak to the inner depths of somebody mm. um then you really make you're really making something that means something And well, i don't know if any of my paintings ever do that but i um would hope some do a little bit you know? yeah <laughs> and maybe it's such a grand desperation i don't know but and maybe you know all painters uh, you know would in one sense dismiss mm. the, the possibility of actually doing that but i i don't know mm. you know
0: and to kind of get into that inner um you know the inner depths, if you like you you tend to use uh, sources from all sorts of different things, don't you from philosophy to uh classical themes in painting to ancient cultures um I know that you've been to india uh when was it nineteen ninety I think you said
1: yeah yeah yes i i think I think just as any painting technique is available to one any human resource um is available to us and 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 as well as far as it's available to us you know so the the experience the the watching something on the television or the um ancient object in in the museum uh, or standing in a remote site where things that people have lived before or what whatever you know Mm -hmm. wherever you contact that Element of energy and life force. I think for me is pertinent. Therefore, uh, you know, a painting can come from any of those things, and um, there, there is a there is a sense that every human civilization and every human um, creation has its own vibration or song in it, and that's something that really really I think is so amazing Um, and if you listen quietly to whilst you look at something you you can pick that up you know and um, that's often the source of a painting paintings for me Um, you know so so although I don't actually paint landscapes I might actually be um, putting my consciousness you know standing in a place where I've been or where I've seen somebody a photograph of you know because that's the advantage of that um, and just staring at what's around you know and feeling what's around and, and the paintings come out of that kind of thing mm. so there's a range of sources yeah, in terms of yeah. that you know.
0: I mean there's one painting that I really love in your studio at the moment uh, and I forget the title, but it's uh, it's a rectangle and it's got kind of beads kind of going up from 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 the root of the earth. And that's what it looks like.
1: Yeah, know? it's kaipu kaipu
0: kaipu kaipu with yeah. um, sort of checkered uh, like a checkered uh, rectangle at the top. Um, could you talk a bit about that painting?
1: Yeah, that, well, that's that's all that's almost the most recent painting I've actually finished. Um, it it's a speculation that one. In a way, because um, I had in my I'd, I was thinking about um, uh, some some ethnic sort of uh, well, you know, some archaeological objects um, that have been gathered together in a, in a museum in Cambridge, and uh, I got some photographs of them. I was sort of going back over those, and um, I I was looking at necklaces and these um, anyway. So sort of came out of that. Uh, contact. I've seen something not that in then that actually looked like that, but that gave me the idea that I I'd quite like to do that. So um, I um, I, t- I tend at times just to do little little drawing, of, you know, teeny weeny little drawing, and think, oh yeah, that would that could do something, you know. Um, and uh, I, don't, I don't make any pre-drawings, and I often these days. I suppose in the past I would have made made drawings and and mm. some you know color works and things to to explore the idea but but now I I feel confident enough just to go straight into the painting and just do it you know oh, yeah so I feel I haven't got a bridge to climb yeah you know to cross before i get to that mm. and working directly anyway I, I started painting and I put the beads on mm. on the painting and I realized I had a sort of neck-like shape on it and and so um I carried on from there, and, that, and I got the kind of basic colours on the dark, dark blue, and alizarin, mm. um, Elezer, crimson, and stuff on there. And um, and then I and then I I found this article in in the New Scientist about the Incas, and uh, it was talking about their their language, their, the the fact that they didn't have a written language, um, and that the uh, that their method of recording. Uh, Things was on 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 bits of st- on knots on bits of string which looked like beads and they've got they've got them arranged in necklaces, so I looked up the images of course and they arranged in kind of necklaces where, where clearly they were probably worn or or something i don't don't really know um whether they were tied round a pole maybe i don't i don't know but um anyway that that was that was like um a way a suddenly a, a, of kind of locating this painting because it had an atmosphere which i didn't really no, and um, when I read this article, I was so inspired, I thought, I'll go and find a really nice book, and I, and I found a fantastic book on the Incas and started to read it, and I realised that these people were so um, advanced, and uh, of course they, they, the conquistadors went into um, the, their lands and just took, took over, but they, um, the, the, disease, so the diseases that they brought were so rife that they killed millions and millions of people and um, it, somehow the, the cultural elements um, and the in, the intelligence of these people came came to me and I, I just thought this is you know uh, and I just felt that, that that's what this painting was about you know without me really realising so I think there's an element that's sort of I suppose pe- some people would describe it as kind of shamanistic element mm. some people would describe it as um, media, a kind of uh, I don't know. I wouldn't call it mediumship, but you, you know, you know, having having a an affinity with things mm. from within, mm. and um, so so then the check then I realised that the checkerboard bit that ended up in the painting was actually part of one of their significant uh, patterns, which they used on their dress wear and oh. stuff, and their ritual wear. So that it couldn't have all fit anyway. Fit it fitted mm. together like that. Mm. Anyway, in the end, yeah. it's just a painting. Mm. But and it really doesn't matter if those things uh, um, remind anybody of that. But it that's how that's how my paintings tend to evolve out of this um, this kind of process. Mm.
0: It does. It does have a, and I don't know what it is. Um, but my, I guess my. my um you know, the connotations that I have in my mind, it just reminds me of something spiritual or something organic moving up against the earth, you know, or something like that. And I d I didn't know about what you were saying about, you know, the Incas and everything. But it does it does it does have that aura about it, actually.
1: Then, then it's achieved the what it Yeah. You know, that's yeah. why that's yeah. why it's not relevant that necessarily even the story is there. Because yeah. if, if you can touch the spirit of something for me mm. and capture something of that life force and energy in a painting. Um and it, it really doesn't matter what the painting looks like because you you just have um you know what, whatever direction you turn in, if the paintings were extremely abstract and extremely geometric, say, for example, it wouldn't that wouldn't bother me either. You know, I think there is you there is a, a life force in in the work which is created that comes through the color really and the geometry is one thing it helps and assists the, the the movement through the painting and the energy yeah and then the color is really the really the emotive force in a painting and how you use that and how you um, unfold it as you're going through the work is is can be Significantly different in each painting, but it um, and it's the most difficult bit too. I, th- I think painting with colour is incredibly difficult. Mm. You know, it's and I think that's what that's where we get to the point where we move away from any kind of digital um, imaging of something because you can take a photograph of something and then, then then where are you? You you've got just an image made of light. Which it may look very nice, but it actually, you know, there's something very different about a painting because you yeah. can't really get the atmosphere just from an image.
0: No, and it's not tangible. And also the colours might look different too, you know, depending on where the painting is hung, under, yeah. under fluorescent light, under, you know, a kind of warm light, that would mm-hmm. automatically change the you know the hue of the painting and also the, the, the
1: digital instrument changes the colour itself yeah, yeah. because it, if it's too dark it automatically lightens it a bit you know yeah, yeah, and things course. like that and sort yeah. of and, and also you know when you when one posts work on online you can fix the image can't you before yeah before, oh it's not quite bright enough you know? yeah or you
0: know just just, just tweak the saturation so really you never yeah. know what
1: you're getting no. do you no of course not yeah but uh, yeah
0: do you regard yourself as a spiritual painter?
1: Um, well, it's not really something that I would say about my work. I mean, I, I think it's that's such a difficult term, really. On um, what spiritual means to one person uh, it may not mean anything to somebody else, or the word becomes misused. Mm. Um, but I'd say I'm really interested in and and the spirit of things is important you know um and so whatever whatever I happen to be painting it has to be it has to have a life it has to have something that's driving it into life you know something that is good so when it reaches a completion point then then it's there you know and if it isn't then it well I would throw it away but mm. I don't I've kind of got to the point where with the paintings that I I don't have to do that very often, hardly at all, because I'm managing somehow to capture it eventually or accept where it's got to. So maybe maybe there's an element of acceptance uh, as far as something can go. You mm. know.
0: And has that come with, with many years of training as a painter, do, do you think?
1: Yeah, I think so, because it, it takes a very long time to become a painter, whatever anybody says. Um, but you, people can make images and people can, uh, you know, make, make paintings with oil paint or acrylic paint or whatever it is, but actually making something that, has, that is strong and full of energy is not an easy thing to do. And, and so one sees many images. Um, I don't know the answer really, but I, I, I think there's something in, in, in that, you know, that the length of time it takes... The length of time it takes, um, I mean, I remember reading it, I think it might have been The Way of the Brush, um, that it that it takes an artist 30 years to learn to paint. And I remember thinking, you know, when I was a student, oh, blimey, you know, that's a long time. But actually, now, having got past that mark, I realise that there is truth in that, because it, it takes, and they describe it as... Um, the first 10 years, you're learning how to use the brushes, basically. The second 10 years, you're learning about the ideas that go be, go into paintings. And then the third 10 years, you're actually learning how to combine those two. And and it's, you know, maybe after you get to the end of those 10 years, you, learn, you know how to then combine. <laughs> and I feel like that myself. You know, I feel that sort of it, it doesn't really matter, you know, how long it takes to become a painter. But actually, it, the experience begins to... Dawn, you know, and some of the things come out that and and can be controlled, constructed, put together um, through experience. So one isn't daunted when a new set of ideas come forward. You know that there is just can't wait to get on with them, really. You know, and see what they are, and see how they can be linked with other things, and you know, it, if if these ideas are sort of based in human nature and the collective unconscious in a way, in some ways, you know, if that's the case, then we also have access to, um, you know, to, to, to uh, or, or one should perhaps one should say the collective consciousness of, hum, of, of the whole of human, the human race in a way. And there is something in that, you know, just by being human, you have a potentiality to link with other humans so if you if you meet uh, if you read a really interesting and wonderful book it's not the it's not the words you're reading it's it's the you know you get involved in the story and the spirit of it um and it, cha- it can change you and and that's what's exciting about being a human being by thinking about other people you know with along with other people um so for example when we look at a painting by bonard you know uh this person has spent a long time thinking about what he's, he's trying to do, and the paintings are absolutely staggering. You know, the the use of color, the the use of color. I mean, it just it defies all words, really. Um, so they are just amazing, and um, and, I, and I think, but of course, you know, there's a whole branch of people that don't use color in their work, and that's an entirely different. Different thing, you know, and so they may look at Bonnard and say, you know, rubbish, (laughs) or that there's, or that they don't see, they can't see why people are making a fuss about it. Yeah. But if you're a painter and you, you know, you, and who's interested in colour, there isn't a there isn't a greater painter really. Mm.
0: Um. Yeah, I yeah, I mean, I I went and saw the show, and there were a few paintings that I thought, "Mm, yeah, not sure, but there were some and real gems in there. There was one I can't remember what it was called, but it was just of a lady kind of gazing gazing downwards and she had this bright red, uh p- parole red kind of um, dress on with stripes, and it just I could just and I stared at it for about ten minutes mm. just staring at it, you know. Um I was just captivated. For some reason, I I don't know why. Is it, that is an extremely
1: powerful painting. Yeah. And the bowl of fruit or cherries that are in front of her, you know, yeah. the reciprocal a very clever device. Uh, you know, the paintings. His paintings have all sorts of hidden constructs. Um, so you'd be looking at that, and you'd be thinking, "That's what what makes that painting so wonderful." Then you realise there's something, some other element in that. That mm-hmm. if that wasn't there, it wouldn't it wouldn't be powerful enough. It just wouldn't work. Yeah. And and I think that there's another painting that I really loved, and that's the um, one with uh, a woman bathing with two two towels on a um, on a Rack, or on the side of something, um, and the towels. I mean, you can see he's got he's sort of done this painting, and uh, the towels got obsessed with these wonderful t- the yeah. colours in these towels. Yeah, and because yeah. uh, you, you look at, you can't help but look at the towels as being the most important things. But then you realise there is this painting somehow is also the rest of the canvas, and uh, there's these incredible tiles. Uh, there's a bath, and um, I guess it's Mart is leaning against this bath you know but the bath is much bigger than it's possible to <laughs> imagine the bath to be um because she you know the way it comes up to her on her body it's just it's been all super enlarged or tilted or whatever he does you know mm. um and then beneath it has these incredibly um uh, incredible blue tiles um God, i'm not sure which blue are they
0: are they, are they, ult, they ultra yeah rainbow. they're
1: deep ultra you know Used a, quite thickly, yeah. so it is given a, a really deep ultramarine blue. And then up just above her head, a, a, a two or three little sort of diamonds of of the, the same ultramarine blue, and it's mm, it's gorgeous, yeah. you know how well you know one one is in a state of wonder about decisions like that. Mm-hmm. You know that a, an artist can make. And that's another thing, really, about painting. Is it's incredibly difficult to make decisions. Yeah, you know, if if people could make decisions about their work, um, I mean, if you if you stick with us in a certain sort of format, then you, then you, the decisions about the structure are made. You know, but if you decide you're, you have to find that every time, um, then then that's a real challenge, and it's about the decision making is. is uh, I think along with the colour is the most difficult thing to mm. in a painting really mm. structure one,
0: one painting I really like of yours uh, is called Quercus uh, which I really like and um, yeah could you could you talk about that particular one Quercus
1: <laughs> well Quercus well obviously it, it means oak tree um, and I was uh, I came across these images of the oldest trees in the world and uh I just, I've got to make a painting about, about this, you know, somehow. And, uh, you know, the, it, it's very difficult to think about that, you know, how, how you might do... Because without making it so obvious that it's going to be a tree, you know, but I, I started out with this uh, idea of a sort of mass. Um, and and then I thought, no, I'm going to put a grid on that because, uh, you, know, you know... Or maybe I started out with a I must have started out with a grid, actually, and then put the... Uh, put the tree in because the the grid is uh ended up being something else in a way because it uh it is ne- it's a negative uh space so to speak it's um the grid is is painted on first and then is preserved throughout the painting so um it isn't painted on again you know so it has this sort of green grid on it and, and these uh, and i had in mind when i first started that painting it was going to be all crusty and sort of but it never quite made it to that um but I uh, I also then was starting to look at image, other images of uh of uh, trees and I found this beautiful um image from, on a Persian miniature of a tree with these sort of uh colored shapes on it and just all the trunk of the tree was covered in these colored shapes and I thought that's what I need <laughs> and so um so then that's how it got that's how it got structured mm-hmm. and, and I had the sense of and it's painted as though it's all moving from um a sort of central point the pa- that you can't really see unless you get right up to the painting um, but the brush strokes move out from sort of a, a, a line that goes across the middle of the painting so it all moves out like that down up and, up and down Mm-mm. if you see what I mean if yeah. that makes any sense yeah
0: yeah and the other one which I've forgotten the name I mean it does look quite um, Bonardesque. esque um, and we were talking earlier you were saying it was inspired by
1: um, Dust the, the oh, that's the one that was yes on the wall in the studio. Yeah, yeah. on the wall in the studio. Yeah, uh, that one Yes, well. I. Well, I was just describing the the method of making paintings because, in a way, um, as I as I was saying before, you know, it can come from any any image or any starting point, because um, that's what I allow myself. It comes from anything that I have, you know, feel is strong, you know, strong sort of pull towards. Um, so uh, that that painting. Started out from, um, uh, images that I saw of uh, the bombing in in Syria, and there were just te- television images where there were all these sort of uh, clouds of of sort of um, pinky grey dust, and and of course it's only a flash on the television for a minute or two, but that was quite enough for me to think, I oh, I need to start from there, you know, I need to start from that point and try and see if I can pull something out of that. Um, and 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 have have worked on a painting that comes out of that kind of thing, and the the, the elements of you know the elements that I suppose of human compassion and and uh, feelings about what what those what those poor people are going through inevitably come along with that kind of um, level of recognition, but but you know I, there's not much you can do. I mean. As a, as a as one human being living in a very safe place to assist and mm-hmm. help other people um living in very difficult places you know it's just and um, you know sometimes it's just thinking about them mm. and caring about that you mm-hmm, know um, so that's where the painting started from and um and of course i mean we didn't actually talk about it uh, before but the um in, in the the painting in the studio, it has these uh, glowing um, spheres in it, um, and the glowing spheres were really. Um, and it may sound a bit bizarre, but years ago, I was present. I was present at, at some, when somebody died, and I was aware of this sort of glowing sphere. So in a way, it's relating back to that that feeling at that time of, of that going on, and 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 so these glowing spheres are about about that, you know, about the, the souls that are sort of departing from their bodies or however anybody mm. wishes to describe that. I yeah. prefer to describe it like that because that's what how I understand it, but um, I'm sure our people have different feelings mm. about those things. Mm. You know, but what, it, what you could say, I suppose if you could say it's just a life force departing from a body, because a, a dead body, um, if you've ever seen one, of course, um, a dead body there is no life force. You know, so what was animated is no longer animated, um, and you know when when that hap- when somebody passes away, you know that that uh, is a very distinct moment in that. But there's also a very distinct force, and um, so so really that's what I was thinking about that and how to capture something of that. But mm-hmm. but I don't know; it's not finished yet, so I can't <laughs> really be, <laughs> I can't really say you know.
0: Mm that you you know you work on paintings multiple paintings at any one time don't you rather than um you know you don't do one painting and then move on to the Mm. next one Mm. and um and sometimes motifs translate into each other And, uh, and I know we were talking earlier and you were saying how you know you struggled to finish a painting and yet you then you put it against another painting and then suddenly in your something just clicked in your mind and then you managed to kind of complete it
1: Yes, well, I was working on Tigessa, which is going to be in um, the show. Um, it, it was really uh, it had been going for quite a long time. This painting and and uh, I just couldn't resolve it. I mean, I, I'm nearly you know jumping out the window. <laughs> um, it was really really difficult. It was really complicated because it was uh, it had a lot of orange in it and um, still has a lot of orange in it and red reds. Um but it also has little chips of blue and little chips of green. Um and it, it had a lot of it was made up of a lot of cross lines and so on that I couldn't resol- I couldn't resolve it, but um I put it I put another painting next to it. And I don't know what it was, but it just triggered what I needed and I suddenly saw what it needed and, and that was it. So yes, sometimes a painting can help another painting, but you know, those two paintings were extremely different. Um, and there was no real suggestion it and I think it was to do with the you know I couldn't bring the painting alive, you know it had the it had the potential and it was so close but it just couldn't come on and so it it was when I brought something you know a painting that was alive next to it it suddenly came anyway, something like that you know mm. but
0: and do you um do you find that working on multiple paintings at any one time that they become? aids to each other so do you, you know if you struggle to finish a painting do you look at what you're working on as well and maybe that might kind of help do you do, do, you do I don't, that quite I don't, a lot
1: i don't really i don't really do it that way i tend to if i take a painting as far as i can go with it mm. i tend to put it aside uh, and then do another one um and start on something else or or i'll have an idea I, i've got maybe three or four ideas that I want to work on or one idea that has multiple potentials um, so sometimes I'll do that but um, it's not always the cross fertilization between the images and what the painting it's more um, a cross fertilization of the energetic life of a painting so but it's also quite difficult because some paint you know obviously when I'm painting in oil you have to wait for the oil paint to dry Um, and I tend not to use mediums uh, unless it's absolutely essential Um, so there's this process of having to wait for a painting to to come through its um, initial sort of stages and and that's quite nice because it allows a kind of reflective process and and uh you know, sometimes I've got, I start a lot of paintings because I get very excited about starting new paintings. And, and then I've got so many started paintings around and I haven't got a clue how to move on, you know. And I, um, and, and I have to put them away and, 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 you know, and some I can't resolve um, uh, immediately. And some, I just need months and months and months. And some I come back a year or two later and think, oh, right now, I've got it now, you know. But I couldn't see it at the time and... um I don't know if it's doing another painting or doing another painting that's actually influencing that mm. i think it because it, i don't feel that i'm at a loss when i put a painting aside i just think i can't finish it because i don't know what comes next so maybe that is at a loss i don't know but um you know if i if there's something else i can carry on with and then it's almost as if a painting kind of suddenly locks into place and it's a matter then of carrying it out once it once a painting reaches that point, then I know that I can finish the painting um and and, and i know I know what I've got to do to it and it it was like the tai one that I was just saying about you know I could not resolve this. I was doing all sorts of things to it to try and uh find it, but suddenly that moment I could see it and and I, okay, there's a bit more work to do it, to it and but it's all I now know how it's going to be resolved um and and that's always a great moment in a pa- in a painting and i think i think that one in the time of blood um uh, was was definitely like that i had been working on that one i started that one uh when when the um when the Libyan war broke out you know there was suddenly unrest in uh, uh in that part of the world and it, and it was sort of you know, and I, I was kind of lamenting because at that up until that point, there was the 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 sort of peace in the world was more dominant than the war, and human aggression. Well, I, that's only my perception, I have to say, it's probably not true. Um, but it was suddenly that whole area, all those countries, was suddenly reaching a kind of disruption. And I and I was thinking about the the, um, the nature of war and what that means and how that's been. Um, evidence throughout history, you know, and how artifacts have been found and uh, bits and pieces. So that's why that that painting is full of artifacts and images and bits and pieces of things, because it's a, it's about things that are, exist either perhaps below the ground or above the ground or are revealed by the winds, and, uh, you know. Um, and then and then it suddenly reached a, a moment, you know, I have got these all these sort of objects. I couldn't resolve. So the painting, and I suddenly reached a moment, and these sort of um, diamonds appeared on the painting, and, and I thought, oh, that's it, you know, I've got it. It's that, it's that sort of Arabian chant, you know, and that's how the painting got made, as this chant going through my mind, and I just, you know, painted it. It took ages mm-hmm. because that's was how long, it ta- how
0: long did it take to? I don't, I don't know. I mean, it
1: was it was probably a period of about three years. Well, not, yeah. not when I was actually physically yeah. working on it, yeah. but it, it took that long to come to fruition. To, to, to resolve. But, yeah. you know, once it reaches that point, it's so exciting because mm. it's like, oh, no, I'm, it's mm. all gonna, mm. coming to an end, you know, mm. and it's, uh, and then oh. I've got it, you know, mm. and then there it is. Mm. <laughs> mm. And I can, you know, um, as I don't sell much work, I think that's quite nice really because I can hold on to them for longer you know they're mine <laughs> my precious
0: um, and you don't work in series do you? you you work they're they're not named like like I don't know A series or B series they're, they're all just paintings
1: well as you it said before there, there are relationships yeah, um, yeah and there are recurring themes and mm, thoughts and yeah. images mm. um and and that's absolutely fine. But I I don't want to work in Im- in series now. But I have done in the past. I've worked in 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 series of perhaps more abstract works. Um, because at one time I was very interested in the idea of actually um uh, creating uh, you know what what the first idea of an image would look, of of anything would look like. So um, I ended up with these sort of um. Very simple forms, and I made a, a, a series, series, several series of paintings about these kind of simple forms. What a what a concept might, how how an idea might unfold into towards material existence. You know, so it was all a little bit highfalutin, but anyway, it was um, it was a period of time after I came back from India that I did those because um, when I went to before I went to India, I was I was um, involved in these kind of um, pa- f- more figurative paintings really um, with actual figures in which was really unusual for me but I was kind of uh, influenced by painters like Mimo Palladino um, and uh, that kind of raw energy how you express that raw energy um, so I, I, I did these sort of uh, figurative paintings um, there was a lot going on in the 80s and that's when they were painted uh, towards the end of the 80s Uh, And then when I went to India, I realized that, I don't know why, but, you know, in India, all the temples, um, they have absolutely no images in the inner sanctum. The outside of the temples are covered in images and shapes and forms of all kinds and all natures and some painted, some beautiful carved in stone, you know, that is absolutely fabulous. But inside, in the inner sanctum, it's empty and um the structuring of the structuring of that and I, when I came back I just thought no I'm never going to paint another uh, figurative image because I didn't I felt that I was I'd sort of been liberated I didn't really have to do that I thought so much activity in the world so many people so many things going on so much you could um illustrate if you like in some way and and uh that's not to decry figurative painting in that, in that form. But it, you know, there are things about, about that that are limited, which I'm, I'm, I'm not really prepared to accept those limitations. And so I, I started working on this series, these paintings in series. Um, and then I had a break uh, of about 10 years when I was a painting, I was working in London, um, at the University of the Arts, and things were very hectic and, and i was so busy i couldn't couldn't do it so um anyway when i retired from that uh i just started painting again and i thought well i i'm going to i'm going to gather all my my knowledge and experience and bring that back to to painting and see what happens you know and, and take risks and and every painting is a risk and i love that you know it's, it's it doesn't matter you know there is no way you can't go in a way in painting you can make anything you like
0: <laughs> and this painting behind us here as well this has more of an african feel to it Freya. this one behind you yeah um is that is that correct or yeah, it oh, is. it's yeah. yeah yeah
1: it's called it's it's actually called song of malika oh okay and malika then the word malika means love and uh yeah it's 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 a very different painting again, um, but it, uh, it, it, it. I've at that time when I was working on that painting, I, I felt as if, um, as if somebody was calling to me, and I know that may sound a bit odd, but um, <laughs> it, it was top. as if somebody was calling interiorly to me, and somebody who couldn't actually make a painting but actually wanted to, so I decided to make her painting for her and her name was Malika and I, and I oh. it was very strange all these things sort of came together um, but anyway I did make the painting and, and I really love it and it's very different to yeah. everything else but
0: have you ever been to that part of the world? no really because yeah, no. I, went, I went to Africa about oh about seven years ago I went to South Africa Joburg yeah. then went yeah. up to uh, to uh, Clarkstorp which is yeah. where you know you have the bush and so on and over to Zambia. So, I and and I yeah. do see, you know, I do, I do recognise a lot of the colours, a lot of the motifs, you know, the sort of um, shield mm. shapes and forms. And, the, yeah, so it's almost <laughs> as if you've been there. It's really, yeah. Well, it's, it's really, it, yeah.
1: You don't just need to go to a place to have, yeah. have a, a, an affinity with yeah. it, I don't yeah. think, necessarily. Mm-mm. But um, I absolutely, you know, I just... It just happened this painting uh, the only thing my only disappointment about it is that the shields were meant to sort of glow more <laughs> oh yeah and and the 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 auras around them so to speak they were, i was intending that but in the end i <laughs> i thought that's all right I, it, it sort of ended up all right <laughs> but and i hope that when i do the show in the the new cut i'll put paintings like that mm. in Because it'll be an opportunity when I do a solo show to to be in a show what I've
0: been up to, you know,
1: which is all hidden, really.
0: Yeah. Do you think you'll do like a retrospective kind of show then?
1: I think what I'll do in that show is to put together all my best works and the the works that I love most. Because I think that's what I have to do, really. I, I, You know, it's a bit difficult now because it seems to be quite a lot. But... Mm. (laughs) it um it is quite a big space and it will be an opportunity and uh i hope that um you know that it that it creates that sort of atmosphere mm. that i want that i want so i that's the whole thing about um making a show on your own is that you have control yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah. i'd like to have that control
0: mm. and which painters have continuously inspired you over the years
1: well, a number of painters, really. I mean, I, I think I started, I think when I first started painting and thinking about that, I, I, I was looking at Kandinsky and um, the Rietvelde Canobie artists. Um, I was, I was, um, I was, I fell in love with Agnes Martin. And obviously, you know, the heritage to that point in time had been looking at the Impressionist painters and the post-Impressionists um and the the use of colour and that really was there right in my mind from the beginning. I you know, I didn't I d I never thought of painting without without that. Um and, you know, the love of things like the early Frank Stella paintings, you know, all the things oh, yeah. my yeah. mother took me when I was about I don't know how old I was <laughs> to to the first uh show, Ab- Abstract Expressionist Show. Um that was held in London I can't even remember I think it might have been at the Hayward Gallery at the beginning of the Hayward Gallery I'm not sure but it was the most amazing show and and to this day I can remember looking at these paintings and it was just the most wonderful experience you know Mm. and I don't know what my mother thought of them but I'm sure (laughs) she must have liked them (laughs) I feel sure Mm. Um, the, the work the early work of Frank Stella you know the black paintings with the stripes and then the Rothko and people like Alisky mm, and yeah. um, Larry Poons. You know, I still love Larry Poons. Um, and then he went off on his own thing. And then people like Matisse, of course, when I was at art school, was very talked about. And he's a, you know, very clever artist. There was a lot of interest in um, making paintings with just with patches of colour. I guess mm-hmm. you know, says so she cynically, I don't really mean that because it's. Uh, you know that there, there are artists that that uh, make work like that and 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 think about color, just about. Um, uh, yeah. And of course, Bonnard has always played yeah. played taken a, a part in that. Yeah.
0: And there was the, there was one particular painting by Jackson Pollock, yeah, uh, which I can't which name escaped me, but you mentioned it earlier, which has um, kind of played played a real influence on you. Yeah, and didn't, like as soon as you saw it.
1: Yeah, it did, and it, and it still remains an influence in a way because it's a powerful painting, and it's called um, "Guardians of the Secret." Not only is the title very evocative, mm, yeah, um, the painting itself was it was like a liberation to me because um, although I've been floating along with these wonderful abstract paintings and thinking about the the uh, notions of, of of color paintings and and the power of uh, color to have an effect on people. Um, these images of Jackson Pollock also tied together um, something that was really important to me, and that was the the use of imagery and the use of these uh, it is imagery to to get to know who you are. Um, and of course, that for me was always part of part of the quest of painting. Anyway, it wasn't. Uh, but but when I saw that painting, I, I just thought they were amazing, and and and. Um, of course, that was very early on, um, and when I went to um, when I when I started my uh, postgraduate at Chelsea, I just thought, well, I'm just going to start again, you know. And I started, and I spent uh, about three months just drawing, and they were kind of, and I was just drawing what was coming out of me, you know. So the the I was using I was using paints and chalks and anything that I could lay my hands on. I just went day after day, off, day after day doing these. I've got a massive great pile of them. I've still got some of them because mm. some of them were, they're really, there's no end to them. You know, they were very, very interesting in terms of their forms and colour and stuff. So um, that was that—that that was a very key thing. And then I used uh, the some, some of the elements in this uh, Jackson stuff, Jackson Pollock's painting. Not, consciously necessarily but I used that kind of freedom to make work um, and I did some sort of um, long a number of long paintings maybe 12 foot long by about 5 foot high or something and then I did some with um, totem like totem images each end which were like separate canvases um, which I really I really liked those I really felt like I was getting somewhere yeah. <laughs> um, and then i i moved moved on from there but it that painting was quite key in my in my original development really and so it's sort of liberating i mean you you need you need something to liberate you from yourself as well as from what what you think of as a painter you know what a painter what you are thinking is about what a painter is you know because we all can can view these things from so many different angles and I think yeah. the, the downfall is that people think um, that c- you can get stuck in thinking of, of yourself as a painter of a certain nature, whereas that's never,
0: hmm,
1: that's really never been really acceptable to me. I, d- I don't think I, I want to make paintings that, um, you know, if I, if I said I was um, a realist painter or a you know that would that would or be an abstract
0: f- painter or an abstract yeah, painter, or yes, abstract, exactly. It, yeah.
1: All those things would be um, too limiting, mm. you know, to 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 the exploration of what is possible. Um, and so, I, I for example, I, I absolutely love the New Scientist. I have the New Scientist <laughs> on a weekly basis, um, and in that there are all these people who, have, you know, all these inventions that are going on in every t- single subject. And that really excites me, you know that that it's euresis or the discovery, which is the thing that um, is satisfying to the human being. You know mm-hmm. that if you're researching medicine, or you're, you know, you're you're trying to find a cure for this, or you're you're looking at uh, the ecology of things, or you're looking at Inca the Inca civilization, you know, or you're pulling something out which isn't known and making it known. And uh, that—that's what's exciting. Uh, that's the potential with painting. Mm. That there is a never-ending potential for creativity and invention. And um, that's the wonderful thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. That, that is the wonderful thing about painting. And maybe that's why you chose it as medium rather than, you know, sculpture or, you know, in video installations. Maybe.
1: Yeah. Because well, I, it, I,
0: it does have that. I don't know. There's something about painting, and I and I can't put my finger on it. But to me, it does have that. Um,
1: that I think yeah, when I was sure. doing my foundation course, I made that. <laughs> it was a very conscious decision, actually. Mm. I loved sculpture, and I have made uh, sc- carvings and pieces of stone, mm. um, or, or you know, I, I really love doing that too. But um, you know, it's really hard to hard to do that physically hard, mm. um, but it's also um, it's you know it's not it's not my thing. I, I don't. I want the freedom because with a painting, you 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 if you want to, you can create endless space, you know, and you can have objects standing in endless space. Um, uh, or you you know, uh, I was also very interested in ceramics, and I really wanted to do that. But um, in the end, I realized it's so too far too limited, uh, that I would find myself extremely frustrated after five minutes, and that. Painting yeah. had this potential,
0: yeah.
1: and I, uh, uh, you know, I equally think that whatever ever form somebody goes in, if they have a the right kind of sensitivity to it, it's it's right, you know. So there's wonderful sculpture, and there's wonderful videos, mm. and there's one, you know, yeah. there's wonderful yeah. things that mm. people have created, and I love to see them, and I love to experience them when when they reach their sort of uh, pinnacle, you know, and that's a wonderful thing. And also mm. having taught um, fine art, you know. One does know that many people have wonderful ideas and that, um, you know, the struggle to uh, express them is is an amazing thing. But, you know, when when students find things and, and, uh, you know, they're expressed, it's so wonderful to everybody, you know. Um, But I guess, you know, beyond studentship, (laughs) maybe one's always a student in one way, but... um, um, do you think that
0: you're always learning and that you'll always continue to learn, like throughout? You know, most. I, do.
1: I don't. I think of your time. time, as there is no end to invention, there is no end to learning. Mm. You know, that the, the potentiality uh, for visual exploration, as far as I can see, is completely and utterly limitless. Mm. I mean, you know, we've only got to look at our sort of. Uh, space exploration to realise yeah. that you know yeah. okay yeah. you know or the exploration into the smallest particles. You know, yeah. you've got this this exploration going on mm. everywhere and that's why you can't limit. That's why I could never limit what I'm doing. If I want to, you know, paint a quark <laughs> which of course being an, a completely impossible thing to do. But you know it's it's that sort of thing. I don't I don't want to think that I couldn't do that or that I couldn't paint you know, a spaceship landing on a on a moon or something. You know, <laughs> uh, I mean it 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 should all be available. <laughs> oh, wonderful, thank you so much,
0: Freya. Um, and just to just to ask, uh, when does your when does your show open at the APT Gallery?
1: The show opens at the APT on the fourteenth of March, mm-hmm. and is runs until the thirty first of March, so Great. three weeks.
0: Great, lovely. Well, please send me an invite and
1: yeah <laughs> I will do
0: alright thanks Freya. thank you thank you please visit www.breisman-seabrook.org.